Welcome to the Earth School Podcast, where we explore how to let go of victimhood so we can start enjoying this fascinating curriculum of being spiritual beings, having a human experience here in Earth School. All right, beautiful. So welcome back to Earth School. I am so grateful to be here with Ari, um, who many of you who are um, listening here will also be uh, affiliated with Jessa. And you will have heard Ari there. And that is how I got in touch with Ari. I was like, you're amazing. Can we connect? (laughs) Um, So I'm so grateful that it worked out. And Ari, why don't you tell us just a little briefly, like, who you are right now in your life, what you want to say about being on this planet in this body for right now. Yeah. Um, Oh, hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for inviting me on. I love getting these kinds of invitations. Um, Who am I? Um, Okay. So I was kind of thinking about this morning, um, just in a jokey way I was like I'm like a um you know a mystic cosplaying as an astrologer cosplaying as a coach cosplaying as a writer you know just like all these different um roles but then I was like you know that's not really true because I'm not cosplaying any of them um I think they're all the same thing but yeah I don't it's like I don't like the idea of defining myself by my roles or what I'm doing Mm -hmm. but it really for me it really truly is difficult not to because like you know astrology writing guiding people um, coaching people like is an expression of who I am you know and so I guess like the type of person or for me who I am that is expressed in those roles is like this prismatic psychedelic like energetic athlete being who just wants to like you know shift energy um yeah I'll stop there (laughs) I love it I love the word prismatic I've never heard someone use that to describe themselves but I'm gonna I'm an I did my undergrad in linguistics so Mm -hmm. I really love listening to you because you use words like really richly um and you can tell you're a writer um and yeah, prismatic. I want to like dig into that word now and think about like, what, what would that mean if I was prismatic? Like what, I wonder, mm-hmm. what does it mean to you that you're prismatic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that word was introduced to me through um, a like queer two-spirit shamanic community that I was in for a few mm-hmm. years and describing ourselves as like prismatic gender prismatic beings and like spiritually prismatic beings um and it just resonated so instantly because I really do feel like a uh there's so many different facets of me and it just depends how the light is shining through them you know that whole analogy (laughs) oh my gosh Mm. yes that's delicious um ah just depends how the light shines through them Mm. Isn't that so, like, wouldn't that be an amazing way to look at all beings? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, not only is it how the light shines through them, but how the shadow 
affects their appearance as well. It's like the, mm -hmm. the presence or absence of the light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huge moment. Yeah, Thank it's you. kind of it's kind of a perfect analogy for incarnation, I feel like, because like, you know, a prism mm -hmm. is solid. Right. But it's yeah. like solid mm. and clear. And um and it's like usually a sphere, but the sphere has all these like edges, you know, at the same time. So it's like it's like diamonds or triangles on yeah. a circle. So Whoa. there's all this like, you know, sacred geometry in a prism. Um, so it's solid, but it's clear and light can flow through it, like energy can flow through it. I'm like, isn't that exactly what we are? <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And this is like totally derailing, but I had um an ET that was like regularly in my life and then has sort of not been super present for a little while, but I had a hypnosis session where I asked them like, what, a, what am I doing here? And they were saying it has to do with like waves flash circles. Mm. Like it had to do with what you were just saying. Like, I didn't know that when I was talking to them, but when you just mm. said that, it made me feel like it's that it's the, oh, like, I love that. it's mm -hmm. the like wave slash particle, like material yet immaterial. Right. Yeah. Thing. I love it. Cause it's so like meta and, you know, quote unquote spiritual but it's also like physics <laughs> you know it's it's physics. Just physics. I'm just very poorly describing physics you know yes, yes. oh my god I, I barely have a handle on shapes so oh my god you know. physics is my favorite my secret dream is to not secret I've said it out loud several times is to get a PhD in astrophysics oh, like nice. I just want to like live on top of a mountain and like stare at the sky <laughs> It's funny you say that because I, um, when I, I used to call myself an astropsychologist because my diploma is in astropsychology. I don't even know that. And, was a thing. Um, people would like misunderstand and think that I said astrophysicist. Like they yeah. wouldn't, they would just like translate it into astrophysicist. So yeah. they thought I was like way <laughs> more smart. proficient at fucking physics than I actually am in math. They're like, wow, you know, and I was like, <laughs> You definitely did not hear me correctly. <laughs> Still wow, but different wow. <laughs> but more confusing to you than yeah. astrophysicists, strangely. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. But I bet actually that astrophysicists and astropsychologists, which I didn't even know was a thing, probably have so much more crossover than one Yeah, I mean, realize. don't tell the scientists, but yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I did have a... Um, a professor who was my like honors astronomy teacher freshman year of high or college and he definitely was like a metaphysician you know mm -hmm. like he was so far gone that he could barely like have clothes on his body and like talk to us <laughs> like he he had spent several years on a mountain and like found a star that nobody else had ever seen before mm. but he was definitely crossed over yeah mm -hmm. oh my gosh I love this already and we have not done like anything on topic, but that's okay. Um, one of my um, biggest curiosities is, as I mentioned, when we first started talking is sort of like, where are these points at which people get these, like, I don't know, for me, it feels like a miracle or like a grace or like a, I don't know what 
where they have the choice that they can go out of the this is just a terrible place of suffering and victimhood and we're just stuck here and we just have to like soothe ourselves to get through it and then we die like these little moments where you get a chance to consider something different and I'm curious do you have moments where you see where that happened Mm. yeah I love that so much um it's interesting I I feel like the most nihilistic I ever got was when I was like really immersed in like puritanical political ideology. I come from a very religious background, but more than that, a very, you know, for lack of a better word, like, because I know it's just so abstract, but Mm -hmm. spiritual background. So meaning Mm -hmm. that like my mother and my grandmother were very religious, but their devotion to God was beyond religion, Mm -hmm. you know, which got them kicked out of churches and have them leave synagogues and so Mm -hmm. like I come from this background of like having some kind of connection at all times to um there's meaning and Mm -hmm. there's reason and there's love Mm -hmm. here um and so my experience with this kind of crossroads moment this like initiation moment basically it was what it sounds like to me was a yeah, in my early 20s, I was like so immersed in puritanical political ideology. In other words, you know, cancel culture, people might understand better what I mean by that. Okay, um, I was gonna ask. Yeah, so just like very intense, like, everything is bad, and yeah, be angry, and, you know, talk only about what's bad. And like, yeah. you know, this is hyper critique of the world. Yeah. And that was an expression of me being in a very dark time in my like personal life. Um, and it became like, like my version or my attachment to political activism became my outlet, but it was very, um, depressing basically. And I don't just mean that like, you know, rhetorically, but like literally it was like depressing me. It was like, you know, depression, I forget the Greek word for it, but it means like in the ground, you know? Yeah, totally. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I was just so, I definitely reached a point where I was just like, I don't know the best way I could describe it was like so far gone. I was just Mm -hmm. like so disconnected from myself, how even how I grew up, you know, looking Mm -hmm. at the world, God, all of it. I was just like, um, I was, I was just in despair, you know, mm-hmm. which is a part of the initiation process, you mm. know, when you're um, becoming a world builder, you know, mm. not always, but, you know, often. And I think you're touching on that by being like, a lot of us have these moments of reaching that kind of like mm. rock bottom, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and some of us make a choice and some of us make a different choice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you give me a moment, I can locate what happened after that. Um, and I feel like I've tried to locate this before. Like, how did I pivot? I think I, um, well, one, I think I just got so burnt out. Yeah. I just kind of like couldn't 
anymore okay. and like mm-hmm. being in that like I can't keep investing energy into this outlook mm-hmm. and into this reactivity anymore mm-hmm. like opened up some space for me to kind of like shed some of that and and really like begin to practice looking at life in a loving way mm-hmm. um was there like a person who was a possibility model for you with that were you like was your body manifesting that can't anymore was it just in oh, your yeah. thinking I mean, my body was such a mess yeah mm-hmm. for sure my body is definitely <laughs> trying to take care of me um something that comes to mind actually is uh so it was like 2019 I feel like I started to kind of wiggle my way out of it um because I was very focused on pleasure Mm. and like polyamory and like exploring Ah. my queerness at that time um and you know what now I think about it reading pleasure activism that's what I was just gonna say was it pleasure activism helped Yeah. yeah But I think it was at that point very subconscious, which is why it's difficult to locate because I feel like it's yeah. just like this subconscious process of like kind of like my dream self guiding me, you know, yeah. being like, yeah. go this way or you're yeah. going to probably die, you know. And really, <laughs> you know, using Adrian Marie Brown, for those of you who don't know who wrote Pleasure Activism as like a, a prophet in a way or like a, a possibility opener, because, you know, what she was doing at that time writing that book in the midst of when all of us, not all of us, but those of us who are in that activism mindset, you know, who were looking to her and she was like, how about pleasure? And we were all like, are we allowed? Like, what are you talking about? You know? And I feel like, I feel like for a lot of folks, um, you know, black joy or queer joy is like a, is that little opening that's like, okay, I'm, I'm fighting for my rights I'm fighting for my personhood I'm trying to like claim space on the planet whatever and then all of a sudden you get this other suggestion or idea like oh and if I'm allowed to be on the planet and if I'm saying I deserve to be treated like base level um respect then like do I maybe also have the right to experience pleasure? Like when I first started looking at pleasure, I really was like, no, like freaking <laughs> out, like run away. You know, I barely mm-hmm. could read that book when it first mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. I was really distressed by it. And mm-hmm. I had like panic attacks trying to have pleasure, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it sounds like, yeah, maybe that queer, like opening up to that queer pleasure gave you somewhere to start to connect with something other than just the the suffering and the fighting does that feel mm-hmm. right yeah I mean I, I know there's so many seen and unseen things that contributed you know I'm sure if yeah, I'm digging sure. in my journals I'd have you know 20 million I'll be like oh and this and this and this yeah um but Adrian has absolutely been a model to me I was so I was just so immersed in uh, emergent strategy. Mm -hmm. Even in 2018, I went to the first emergent strategy immersion in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they're absolutely like such a guide to me. And I mean, I, (laughs) yeah, it's interesting to think about how, um, 
I feel like I've reached this juncture to kind of speak to like, you know, how do you make that choice where I felt like um, I couldn't be in integrity anymore if I was not in appreciation. Mm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. how and kind of like you were saying, right? Like, how could I be fighting for XYZ if I'm not also living for it? You know, and that's, that's something that Adrian has really modeled and reminded us so often over the years. Um, and so, and then I know that the other thing that happened, the like clearest like demarcation thing was I um I was invited to this um two-spirit gathering on online, but someone who I was connected with was like, Oh, you might really enjoy this. This like Bruja is coming to speak. Mm -hmm. And so I went to that and that was like it just like Wow. I I still remember how I felt after because I was just like shifted. It was like it was a thing that like reminded me who I am yeah. and like yeah. what I'm doing here, you know, just in terms of like being connected to love and being connected mm. to joy and being in this kind of like prismatic, like spiritual and, you know, gender and sexual experience. And so that was in like April 2020 so it was just mm. after the pandemic and like the pandemic starting was also a point where it was like you yeah. know it was like yeah. everything was just like <laughs> the whole world was brought to its knees yeah. Yeah. and that's when my Saturn return started and so it was like this like doom 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 like you know kind of like a chiropractic adjustment yes. like get yes. back into alignment with you know life force flowing yeah. through you yeah right? not yeah, just yeah, yeah not just having your eyes on like the death star at all times, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. Several times you have brought it back to like living for it, mm -hmm. like life force, like that, like access to that living energy that feels like, Ooh, I can feel it in my body. And it feels like when you describe like this happened and then this happened and then this happened, doesn't it feel like wow like you were really taken care of there were so many forces at play that like came yeah. in that's why I'm like I don't know what the fuck happened Gazi yeah. it was just like I was like being floated along you know yeah yeah because <laughs> I was so burnt out too right it's like yeah. that's the power of the rock bottom is that then you're finally like malleable and all of a sudden you can see that like you know you thought you were like steering this boat yeah and you were like I can't steer it anymore and then you're like oh, I wasn't steering yeah like <laughs> someone else has actually been doing this and and they like pick it up in such a perfect way with like just placing these little things like in perfect order that only could be right for you that's the part that like when I'm feeling really like I do not know what is going on here. I try to notice the pieces that show me that there is something at play that knows me very well, better mm -hmm. than I know myself and incredibly thoughtfully orchestrates these minute details that I couldn't even have told it would have gotten my attention in the best way. But it's mm -hmm. just like so humbling to be mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, and then, then that, that makes me want to stay committed to that lifeness 
because I feel like, wow, if I'm loved that much, like I do kind of want to show my love and appreciation back, even though there's plenty of plenty of plenty of times when I'm like, it's too hard again. I don't want to do it <laughs> anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's uh, so beautiful. You said at one point, um, when you were talking with Jessa that you have like a devotion to liberation. And I have been trying to understand that word recently because I also come from a religious background that was like very, very mixed up with like rules and you you are like damned if you don't follow the rules, but also the rule maker loves you a lot and that's what true love feels like. And so it got like devotion feels really sticky to me. Um, and when, you know, when I was just reflecting on what you had shared, it brought me back to that, like, that thing loves me so much. Like, I want to love it. Like, how does devotion and how does that like love without the Puritan part feel to you? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could say it any better than you were just saying it when you were describing the, um, you know, this, this beautiful like symphony of orchestrated, you know, reminders and, and comfort and support, like the, the practice of noticing that feels mm -hmm. like the expression of the devotion mm -hmm. to me. Um, but I think energetically how it feels on my body is kind of like a, um, to me, devotion feels like being zoomed in. Mm. Like, it's like, I'm devoted, which to me is like another word for committed. Mm -hmm. but just like a little sexier maybe mm -hmm. um so because I'm devoted I'm able to kind of like zoom in on love or zoom in on joy or zoom in on whatever it is I need to zoom in on on that in that moment mm -hmm. and contextualize everything else according to that mm -hmm. right and this is how like perception shapes mm -hmm. reality and so to me, it's my devotions that um, my perception is filtered through, mm. you know, in my best moments. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like it's my devotions that keep the prism clear mm -hmm. enough for the light to filter through, like just mm -hmm. naturally as it will. And so, yeah, I guess my like how devotion feels to me is kind of like an energetic filtration system where it's like, mm -hmm. what am I committed to perceiving? You know, like I was saying in Jess's pod, like that, that perspective is malleable, but the perception is the choice, right? Like the perception is the perspective we've committed to. Like, this is how I'm going to look at things, mm -hmm. right? Versus like entertaining a perspective, but you're not like, that's how mm -hmm. I'm going to look at things. Mm -hmm. and so devotions help me decide how I'm going to look at things mm -hmm. and so it kind of energetically rearranges my whole reality around mm -hmm. that devotion and so I guess it's like because it's like commitment and devotion is very Saturnian to me because to me it's a synonym for commitment and for discipline like those things are devotion to me and so mm -hmm. it feels like Saturn is an anchor and a grounding and that grounding is what allows me to like play with that perception field, rearrange my experience of my reality and like all of that. 
Um, but without the devotion, without a sense of grounding, and again, to whatever it is I like want to be devoted to in the now moment, and it's not like this one ultimate thing. That's you what know? I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. That helps me to, um, yeah, like with, without it, it's a lot more difficult to filter through perception, you know, and like uh, energetically rearrange yourself because you're like, I don't even know what I'm rearranging around. Yeah. Yeah. So on the like day to day, maybe even reflecting on how you did it in some of the earlier years, like when you started to feel that um, haziness or it wasn't your best day or you were like, ah, I don't I, I can't like pinpoint what it is that I'm devoted to today. And you couldn't find that like anchor, like what were some of the practices that you did? to support yourself in those moments. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I feel like even now that's still like the thing, right? It's like what's what what do I need to feel nourished enough to be able to like identify my devotion and like rearrange my reality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. around it because that's ever changing. Yep. Um <clears throat> I don't know. I the practices answering practice questions are always difficult for me because I'm pretty like abstract, like watery being on the like day to day. So I'm like, what did I do? I don't know. <laughs> I know I journal a lot. That's like that's a concrete thing that has held me my entire life. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, it like to be honest. It really for me. Um, and I'm glad this is coming through now because I feel like I finally have an answer to this question when people ask me about practices. But it's like mm. my practice really is dropping into my energy field. Mm. Like that's my my practice is internal, mm-hmm. you know. And now I have a lot of like more concrete things that I or a few more concrete things that I do like yoga or working out or like just taking care of my body. Like I, yeah. I finally have like, connected that of like taking care of the body helps with everything else you know it doesn't matter how you take care of it but just take care of it yeah because I used to avoid taking care of it because I was like I don't want to be in rigidity of like I have to do this that I have to do this so now I finally like let that go and I can take care of my body and that helps me a lot you know like it really you're you know I used to be resentful of like all the hype and shit around <laughs> wellness or like you know yeah. just doing some little physical activity every day I'm like yeah. so annoying. yeah you're yeah. like don't like down with yeah. the fat phobia I know yeah, yeah. it's so interesting because I think that right now what is a lot of people are like talking about the body in a way of like we need to come back to it and recognize that the animal is like how we do the spiritual and it seems like the least spiritual answer like how do you support the spiritual is through the animal but I agree with you like I spent you know I was I ended up in a psych hospital and had like really everything was done Mm -hmm. and I rebuilt through something called DBT which is dialectical behavioral therapy Mm -hmm. and it's like very just like how to be a human it's like Mm -hmm. super pragmatic Mm-hmm. but one of the skills that I spent like three years on is called the please skill. And it's basically like move your body, eat, sleep, like take care of what 
you put into your body in terms of like, does it alter your mood? Like, does that feel right to you? Like basically take responsibility for your body. And it took me years. And it is still when I come to points where I'm like, like even I'm going through something right now. And last night I was like, the whole world is falling apart. You know, like, mm-hmm. like how am I going to make it through the night? And it was like, you're going to just, you don't have to fall asleep. You just have to let your body lay here for a little yeah. bit, you know? Yeah. And it was like, you are feeling yeah. really bad, but we're going to just like put some nice music on and we're just going to feel really bad with the nice music. And we're just going to take it one hour at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it's really like a parent would when their kid is like, uh, you know, my kid is 12 and just had a stomach bug. I'm throwing up and it's the end of the world, you know, and it's like, this feels really bad. And I'm going to be with you and you're just going to throw up and then it's going to feel better. It's like, yeah. you know, just coming back to those really basics of like, I'm going to eat some food and I'm going to drink something and I'm mm-hmm. going to maybe take a short movement. And I use the word movement because I still get like, high V if I hear the word exercise <laughs> Sorry, I'm, right. I'm, I'm working on it um but yeah yeah it's really fascinating that like in some bizarre way you know the old Buddhist thing about like chop wood carry water whatever chop it was wood, like, carry oh, water. oh yeah. you know we all want to be like but what about the planets and what about yeah like, yeah yeah mm, and be an animal literally exactly yeah yeah and I think you know learning to be devoted to the incarnation I think that's the whole that's why it's such a basic mystical principle actually right because it's like that it really is the foundation because you are incarnated that's what you you did (laughs) yeah and so when it comes to like devotion that rearranges my reality my perception it's like very energetic right I drop in I go into my subconscious I go into my internal world um but that devotion to the incarnated form is what sustains me in having the capacity to be able to do that because it's it it can be very easy right and the more you use that muscle the easier it gets absolutely and also it still takes effort right yeah. it's still and it's still kind of like a workout in a way depending how deep you're going to get in there and be like all right What's my perception right now? Yeah. What's, you know, just get into that whole energetic field. Um, and so that practice has gotten deeper and quicker and more efficient for me as I've allowed myself to be humbled, so to speak, right, by being in relationship with my incarnation. Because I definitely was like, not into it, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. Saturn return definitely helped me um, ground into that. But before that, I was like, nope. You know, yeah. I, mom always jokes about how like I did not want to be born. They had to induce me. Yeah, I was like, you're like, uh, I don't uh, think so. I changed my so mind. Uh, I don't want so to. I maintain that same attitude. Yeah, I maintain that same attitude my whole life. Just like when it came to body stuff, just like, uh, you know. <laughs> Even now, it's still like I'm like, fuck, gotta like think about eating, you know. But it's getting better, and like the better it gets, the more access I actually have to, um to joy it's like joy pleasure like feeling you know I don't I I feel like you've probably experienced this but I I've been experiencing on such a deep 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 level lately like I feel like I've been going through um just 
a fundamental shift in my body and in my everything um, through the body Mm. uh, in terms of realizing that like feeling good just might be the fucking point you know like feeling good like that's what we want and not feeling good as in feeling high or feeling you know all these other beautiful things you know I'm all about the ecstasy of incarnation you Mm -hmm. know um and it's like that feeling good that baseline relationship of security and trust in reality and um (laughs) like that that baseline of like I'm okay that is the baseline from which like our brightest contributions emerge you know and like all this other like aspirational stuff that we want in whatever realm in the worldly or the spiritual or the relational whatever it is like is more and more possible and accessible if we have some kind of connection to feeling Mm -hmm. good you know and feeling okay exactly like you were saying right where it's like Last night you're having this difficult moment, but like you have built enough capacity within yourself to be like, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's kind of what I mean by feeling good. Yes. It's not like, oh, I feel amazing necessarily, but it's like I can know that I'm okay no matter what. Yeah. yeah. That feels good. Oh my gosh. What right. It's change. the okay no matter what. It's what like a all, change. All the time I I talk to my kid about like, you know, I'll say like, it's safe to be sick. It's safe to be sad. It's safe to be whatever. Cause I'm trying to tell myself that, you know, cause the okay, no matter what is the opposite of every single program we've downloaded so far. It's like, okay, is always conditional. It's only conditional, you know, it's only dependent on external circumstances on an external world it's like you can have no baseline interiority of your own it all belongs to whatever's happening outside of you so no wonder that keeps you in child mode because that's how child children experience reality you know and it's like being able to kind of like go through a maturation process out of that is so world opening oh my gosh and so terrifying so terrifying so So scary I keep I keep saying to myself like I think maybe I'm in charge. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Exactly. What what am I gonna do if I'm in charge? Like, <laughs> like I thought this was a higher and outside manager setup. Oh my I didn't gosh. Promoting from in-house. I know, I know. I'm like <laughs> totally totally freaks me out yeah yeah and you know as much as I'm like so terrified I also can tell that there's something there's something in there that's like is true Mm -hmm. you know it's just it is true I am in charge but I'm not in charge in the kind of way that I understood being in charge. Mm-hmm. I'm not in charge in the like, I'm gonna oppress yeah. other people and control <laughs> other people kind yeah. of in charge. Yeah. I'm in charge in the like, I can't, I can't mess it up. Hmm. Hmm.
I can't mm-hmm. do it wrong. You know? And I think that's like ultimately why right now I'm curious about understanding these things Mm. because of that little part that, that like I converted to Judaism about 10 years ago. And there was this one line in the Friday evening service where it said something to the effect of like God remembered you. Mm Mm-hmm. And it felt like there was this, like, uh, like there's a gravitational pull and it's going to bring me back to my wholeness, my okayness, no matter what I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what I want to be devoted to is like that. It's not just me. There's also this gravity thing and there's something that's connected to me and it's it's that I can't I can't do it wrong I can I can play at creation or I can play at victimhood or I can play at just like I don't know (laughs) which is where I think I spend most of my time right (laughs) that sweet middle ground (laughs) But that, like, there's that, like, that guarantee. Mm, mm, Yeah. And that's liberation. Mm. Right? Because we get invested into these external constructs and realities and dogmas because we're looking for that guarantee. Mm -hmm. That we're home. Mm -hmm. You know, that we are here you know Mm -hmm. and all the things that come with that and I love how you're articulating this because earlier when you were talking about you know this this force that's you know orchestrating things in this beautiful way you know so specific to you you know like I was thinking about how like yeah because that's you Mm. Right? there's no separation between you and god and you and your reality mm-hmm. just like there's no separation between spirit and matter and that's why the body is the spirit and the spirit is the body mm-hmm. and that this dissolving of the illusion of separation that's mm-hmm. liberation because it liberates you from dogma constructs all these external things and all the internal wars mm-hmm. too that really are about trying to find um, freedom, you know, within and without. <clears throat> but it's very difficult to do when we feel like there's this hard, solidified separation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And so dependency. That, yeah. And so that like God remembered you is like, you remember you, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and this um this connection to being it's so old school, but I don't know how else to say it, like being one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. one of the facets of the prism, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. That is God. 
you know, and I use God as like synonym for reality, you know, mm-hmm. life force, well, everything, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you are that. And so you're orchestrating, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and that's mm-hmm. why you can't do it wrong. That's why you on some deep, deep level are in charge because you know, you have your back, you know, and that's that I think that's, the devotion to liberation is the devotion to remembering that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's all about remembering because I think you know something one of the features of this third dimension is kind of like specifically in this timeline of like it being so dominated by a hierarchy all these intersecting systems of oppression is we are swimming in this um amnesiatic fluid all the time which is forget 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 you know um, and we could get into all the different, you know, also very old, like, speculations as to why that is. Oh, so we have mm-hmm. the pleasure of remembering, you know, oh, so mm-hmm. that we don't go crazy. Oh, so, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> um, but I think that remembering is harder under oppression. You know, I don't. I think there is some aspect of forgetting that's natural, but I don't think it it needs to be this extreme, mm-hmm. you know? And so like mm-hmm. all the practices, all the frameworks, all the everything is just like to help remember, to help put back together, you know, to reconnect this member. You know, yeah. it's like connecting your left arm, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, mm-hmm. I can do things. <laughs> yeah. To let all the pieces communicate with each other and not just separation in terms of like separate from each other, but separate from ourselves and separate from our own cells. Mm. Um, Yeah. Uh, You know, the, the like work that I do right now is um, about nervous system stuff and how to support the nervous system. And it's hilarious to me because every nervous system exercise is just indigenous practice. Like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> oh, breath work, move your body, you know, chant or sing or shout in a group, yes. you know, <laughs> like, and meditate or be present and do that regularly, you yeah. know? And like, that was just how society functioned. Yeah for indigenous wisdom you know mm-hmm. just like yeah because we're all indigenous yeah exactly we're all we indigenous did. to this planet like our bodies are indigenous to this planet to this dimension and so it's like here's how you can handle that doing a body on a planet there's like these things <laughs> a few and things it, yeah <laughs> and it's like do them together in a group because that like amplifies the effect or something you know it's like yeah. it's not super complicated and you know you talk um I think I saw it on your website like recovering from saviorism you know there's this like pull to be saved to save others to save ourselves and like when you look at how it was done you know, just like how breath work and movement and group vocalization was embedded into regular daily life. Um, It was more like on Sundays, we, you know, like weed the garden and we chant, you know, it wasn't like, 
and this is how we save ourselves and this yeah. is how we save others and we're gonna go like proselytize right because about... there wasn't as much of a like we need to get out of something they yes want. yes yes so like in those moments when you have that impulse like oh I need to save myself from a painful thought I'm having or from a painful bodily experience that I'm having, or you have a loved one who's experiencing pain and you're like, oh, I just want to save them and liberate them. Like, how do you connect in with and remind or remember yourself? Like there's nothing to be saved from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really need to take that off my website. I realize it just outs me as a codependent, you know, not <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not kidding about being codependent, but <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, we all been, are. how do you deal with codependence? You know, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, man, it's the hardest fucking thing, you know? And I think Jess and I were talking about that a, a little, um, like it's for me, you know, I don't think I, I'm not saying for everyone, obviously we all know someone who doesn't really struggle so much with that, you know, <laughs> it's the hardest thing for me because I'm just like, I think, you know, feeling interconnected, you know, um, and kind of like choosing that perception, right, kind of amplifies that thing of like, your pain's my pain, just like your joy is my joy, you know, and I think like you were saying about these group practices that are indigenous to all of us, you know, somewhere down our line is like, yeah, there was like, that's what we really want, I think, you know, when we like, just let's sit down in a circle and, you know. Be together, together. get through this um but how I deal with it and you know the timeline that I'm actually in is like I think I've gotten a lot better asking myself in those moments okay I or or tell it remind myself like you're uncomfortable Mm. you know like yes you're uncomfortable that this loved one is uncomfortable or that you know xyz is happening externally but you feel you know, stressed, you feel um, pain, you feel rejection of the current reality, you know, and reminding myself that I'm like, okay, so if I can get into acceptance of the current reality, then I can release this kind of like amplification of the challenge energy that I'm bringing, you know, even to my loved one, which is not helpful. Um, And then I can be more available to like how because we are connected, like I can be more available um, to how I might be able to support mm-hmm. and really like allowing it to be a might be able, you know, I might be mm-hmm, the pathway, mm-hmm. I might be the vessel, I might be part of the solution mm-hmm. materially or energetically or, you know, whatever. Yes. Emotionally. And I might not be. Yes, yes, yes. And you, you can know? be clear about that. Yeah. And so I guess put very simply, it's self-awareness, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like the more increase my capacity so that I can, can be more self-aware in moments where I feel the most tense, which is in moments of suffering, Yeah, you know, especially suffering of a loved one. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's my own suffering. Love that, you know, <laughs> doing that all like, day. Let's do it. <laughs> um but other people suffering I'm like no it can't possibly be you know yeah yeah Yeah, that's why parenting is such a trip 
Oh my I'm god. My cat I... is like having a thing right now and I'm like devastated. And I'm like, how do parents do it? I Oh my gosh. I, it's not it's not done well most of the time. I will tell you that. <laughs> it is so unbelievable. Yeah, it is wild. But what I really loved from what I just heard you reflect on that was the piece around like recognizing how you're feeling when there's perceived pain Mm -hmm. because that allows you to do the like to even consider acceptance if you if you're not like oh I'm upset then you can't even approach acceptance can't see and it's an interesting thing about like the importance of energetic individuation yeah like only in energetic individuation can you really be a participant in the interconnection because when you have no sense of separation at all then you're just so stuck in it you know it's just like not helping can't even yeah and what I, I I saw you had a recent post about grief and I really love grief I am trying to like bring back grief um, I feel like normalized grief. I am. I like <laughs> grief is a wonderful thing because yeah. um grief feels really connected to acceptance to me. Hell yeah. I Hell. I try to accept something before I properly grieve it. Hell yeah. Learning to grieve, let's put that on the list of shit that got me to where I am now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And what does, what does grief mean to you now? It's, it just feels like a portal to love. Like when I just really kind of come, came to an understanding of grief as an expression of love, um, that just helped so much. Cause I was like, okay, it's just going to lead to more of that, you know? It means I love so you something. Feel it. Yeah. 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 And allowing for it in this world that talks constantly about like, what you think about, you bring about, which, you, you know, you, if you're um, focused on the negative, then you're going to get back more negative. Like, I think grief really frightens people who have been exposed to that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like, w- what would you share with someone who's feeling that? Yeah, I, I'm glad you asked, because I was just, as you were saying that, I was like, Oh, but that that perception of grief is actually a result of conflating grief with the kind of like suffering that comes with attachment and resistance, mm-hmm. right? Because like attachment is not the same as love necessarily. Thank you. Right? So when you're attached to something in a way that is like, uh, let's say, out of survival or yeah. out of addiction or out of fear those are really the same thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. um then when you're trying to um move through that just feels very hard you know it's very like it's like dense and rigid and and constricting yeah um because you can't actually force yourself to release an attachment you know that Mm -mm. And so I think the process of like dwelling on attachment, they're conflating that with grief. 
yeah. grief is just like so entirely different. It's it's like water, you know, it's like it's heart opening, you know. And I've written a bit about like learning to leave your time of grief is as important as learning to grieve. Mm. Because grief does pass through like other emotions, you know, it is a psychosomatic experience um that's kind kind of like over arch things but it it moves through and it um yeah it's like the reason why people resist it is because it opens your heart yeah you know grief yeah. is a heart opener yeah um yeah and so i think like looking at grief as as negative is such a misunderstanding you know, because it's not, grief is not about feeling bad, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, grief it, is something else entirely. It's in, in those times when I've really felt an authentic connection with grief, I have felt like it was a lot of allowing. Is that, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Mm -hmm. You know, like my, my like favorite human was my one of my aunts. And when she died, I had, you know, leading up to it, a lot of like, please don't do this. You know, like you are one of the reasons why I'm okay being here. Like, please don't do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when I got to the point of realizing that she wanted to be able to go mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh, mm. I trust you. Yeah. You know, like, I trust you, you know, you know, what's best. Yeah. And that felt like actual grief because it yeah. felt like I could actually be like, this is her decision and I want to celebrate her in it, you know, because yeah. it, for what I, I, I don't understand it. I can't see why, but this is what she is ready for. And that allowing is so different from the like, you know, you're being pulled out of my hands and it's not okay. And I'm so mad and pissed and I am like never going to feel okay again because I didn't want this to happen. And yeah. and that's attachment. Yeah. You know, so like an, a specific outcome or specific thing, which is a rejection of yeah. what's actually happening. Yeah. So grief is an acceptance and allowing if it's actually happening. And yeah. even the way you said, oh, okay, I trust you. Remind me if I took a hero dose of shrooms before my birthday mm -hmm. in October and had all this grief come up and move through. And the, one of the things that I kept saying, I was just like, oh, like just over and over again. I was just, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> like, oh, I, I was confused. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I was just like, it's okay. But it's exactly like how you said, you know, and I was like, I trust you. And so to have that mm. relationship you know that you had with your aunt in that moment to have that relationship with life and be like I don't understand mm. but this is the way this is going I, I I'll allow it aka mm. allow it to flow through me mm -hmm. mm. and that's how you build trust yeah build trust with reality if you do not think that reality has some kind of intelligence AKA you you kind of intelligence that energy has intelligence yeah. like and it's all designed you know I can't speak for other dimensions but at least in this dimension it's all designed towards life towards life force flowing mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm rebuilding mm-hmm. that trust amidst all this, you know, just kind of a natural level of the opposite of that, you know, it's like, I think that's the real, that's the heart of the work right now. In my opinion. Quite a trip, quite a trip. Well, listen, I just, this has been so like gushy. Just <laughs> thank you. I love that. <laughs> thank I, you. This is such a great conversation. I really am grateful. And I just, you know, I, my, one of the things that has been trickiest for me about being a human is that like, I'm like, how about we dive into this really like murky, mystical, like painful world and just swim in it together for a few minutes. And many people are like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So when I find someone who's willing to do it with me, I just, I just really feel grateful. So thank you so much. Thank you. <sighs> so um just for the people's um you have a website called the dreammommy.com m-a-m-i right yes okay and um i'm really excited because um i'm gonna be joining your melting oh yeah adventure which also just felt like ah yes I want to melt in some water thank you um so I'm excited for that and you have a program that maybe has already started so maybe that's not available the January 20th yeah world building school 2.0 that's closed um but world building 101 just the foundational teaching of world building school is now available for purchase and that's new Awesome. Okay. And anything else that you want to share or point people to? Um, yeah, well, you mentioned a melt, which is my Pisces season immersion, um, which is actually literally everything we talked about today. <laughs> if you want to know what melt is about, it's about this fucking conversation. A hundred percent. Um, so that begins on the 24th and I have a Substack where I write about all of this shit as well. So that's arifelix.substack.com or the dream realm, dream realm. Um, yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much for allowing me to plug things and for inviting me. I'm so happy to connect. Feels mm. like real world building kin. Mm. Thank you. Me too. So I'll just end the recording. And if you want to hang for a second, we can start. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for joining us for Earth School. Sending you all of my love and hoping that each day on this Earth School brings you closer and closer to the joy of knowing that you are always innocent and unconditionally loved.